Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. He's played for Team BC, where he's a Canada Games bronze medalist. Excuse me. He's played for TRU, and he recently transferred to the University of Alberta, where he's a national champion. And he's currently in Gatineau, where he's represented Canada before as part of our U21 team at the Pan Am Cup, where he was named Best Digger. And we hope to see him with Canada very, very soon. Please welcome to the show, Landon Curry. Landon, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's exciting to be on here, so thanks. So we usually follow a timeline and talk about sports to figure out, you know, is this guy a volleyball guy? Is he a multi-sport guy? But I got to be honest, doing some research for the show, your baseball stuff kept popping up. So I I think growing up in that Vernon area, is it fair to say you were a multi-sport athlete, like as young as you can remember? Yeah, I think being from a small town, like there's just so many other, again, you can play so many different sports. You don't have to just focus in on one. So I was like, I was very fortunate to play many sports I got. Baseball, rugby, basketball, hockey, um, and then yeah, volleyball too. So, and baseball took you to the Dominican. How did that experience happen? Where where you got to join like a, a team Canada team, basically, and go represent us at a, a baseball crazy country like the Dominican? Yeah, it was a pretty unreal experience. You don't realize how big baseball is until you until you go there and just see like how passionate the fans are and the players. Yeah, we got to actually play at the. Dominican, like their professional MLB teams that are in the Dominican. So we play at like the Blue Jays Stadium or like the, the Boston Red Sox Stadium. Sweet, man. So in that Vernon area, what was the closest club? Like where would you have played like club volleyball when you kind of switched in and made volleyball your main thing? So, yeah, because like being from a smaller town. So I played Vernon Volleyball Club, which is now known as Sky Volleyball. So I played with them for about three years and then I had to make the switch to Kelowna Volleyball Club which is about 45 minutes away just because there was really no one my age who played volleyball at the club level so I was when I played in Vernon it was I was playing up with older guys so the move to Kelowna I was playing with guys my own age. And when you started to look ahead to either college or university was it going to be tempting to go baseball or rugby or another sport or did you know you wanted to be a volleyball guy at a post-secondary level? I, it was always going to be baseball. Like growing up, I was like, I really want to like get, try to get to the MLB one day. And I was like, like most kids dream of going professional, but kind of, you know, grade eight, nine, I started to realize like, okay, this is going to be really hard to go the baseball route. And I'm going to have to give up my other sports, which I wasn't willing to do. So, um, yeah, no, I chose grade nine, 10, I'd say I started to focus in on volleyball and make that my number one priority. And when would uh, Team BC really come a thing? Like for to culminate as a Canada Games guy, but what age did you kind of enter the Team BC stream? Yeah, Team BC started U U sixteen was my first summer with Team BC. So yeah, summer of uh, going into grade eleven. Yeah, played that for three years. Would you have played with or against some of the guys? Because I'm looking at your Canada Games team, and it looked like you played with Hofer. Uh, I hope I'm saying his last name right. I've said it a bunch on the show. Dahanyuk. Uh, like Colton Liu, like you've played with a ton of guys. Like, were you across the net from these guys during your club and high school careers? And then you finally got to make the super team? Yeah. So, yeah, played high school, club, and then Team BC played with all these guys growing up. So, and then played junior team with most of them as well. So, just been really awesome getting to know these guys over the years and be good friends with them. 
And what was the lead into Canada Games? Like, obviously, you guys take a bronze, and it was it was just a crazy match with Quebec there. And it seems like even pool play was crazy at that event. Like, it's such a stacked age group with Alberta had, like, the Elsers, and Team Ontario had, like, Cole Kacharski and Navrate and a whole bunch of guys. Like, it seemed like across the board, it was a really strong tournament. So did, did you kind of sense that, like, uh, the, the couple of years leading in, when you go to a National Team Challenge Cup, you're like, oh, we're going to play these guys at Canada Games, and it's going to be, like, a, a battle? Yeah, no, it was super cool just having all, like, the best players in Canada for that age group all at one tournament. Because again, we had like the NTCC tournaments, but not like, I would say all the, some guys are playing like Team Canada in the summer, but Canada Games, kind of everyone came together and it was probably one of the coolest things I've been a part of. What was it like playing in Winnipeg? Because that's a pretty cool venue. Like they gave you guys the university, like the seats are packed, like a lot of intense games. Like was that kind of showing you how cool like next level volleyball could be to play in front of that many passionate fans? Yeah, no, Winnipeg's a, incredible volleyball city and i just remember like i remember we we actually got the chance to play on tsn against manitoba so that was probably the best like the coolest experiences so far but uh yeah the atmosphere was pretty unreal now anyone who's seen a picture of you at canada games bc's rocking some pretty custom-made arm sleeves is that uh that wasn't just volleyball right did they hand that to every multi-sport athlete like it just seems like you, you were rocking those pretty hard yeah, no, we, everybody within the TBC group got arm sleeves. And I, like, looking back, I don't even know why I was wearing them because <laughs> I hadn't even worn, I had never worn arm sleeves before. But I just thought they were so cool. So I was like, oh, I'll chuck them on. And now, like, looking back, I wear arm sleeves now, but I'm like, there's, you lose a touch, like, the touch with the volleyball with arm sleeves or without is so, such a big difference. I'm like, looking back, why did I do that? But no, they're cool. So I <laughs> chucked them on. <laughs> nice man so growing up where you did uh did it factor in that you wanted to stay close to home or you wanted to be a bc guy like when you were started looking at college and universities how did you eventually land on tru to be your spot yeah so i liked tru because it, it was close to home but it was far enough where i didn't have to live at home because it was still about an hour and 15 minutes away and i liked the small university vibes like you could get across campus in five to ten minutes and yeah i just the class small classroom sizes as well Sweet. And obviously, TRU's got a bit of a legacy with guys like uh, like Tilly's come through there, or Gord Perrin, or like even, I think you would have played with like Tim Dauber, like the really good German player, or uh, we just did a post on Anton uh, Napolitano, who's just a great, he seems like he can play every position, right? So was that something you were aware of, too, is just how competitive that program has been for as many years as it has? Yeah, I think it was like really intriguing to go there because, again, they bring in such like like wild big international recruits like Kevin Till and Tim Dauber. So yeah, just getting to even play with Tim Dauber was like probably one of the best players I've ever played with. He's just so smart and just a really good teammate. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was the BYU connection that he came over to Ontario and played a beach tournament with Lucas Coleman. I've just never seen an athlete that size move as well as he did. So what was it like kind of sharing the court with him? Because I imagine not a lot of guys in Canada West probably knew who he was until you played against him. And you're like, oh, like, who's this guy? Yeah, no, like, I didn't even really know. If, like, I remember they were trying to recruit him and they told me, like, okay, this guy's being recruited. So I did some, like, info on him. And then, yeah, BYU pops up and, like, you find out he, he played over Ben Patch. And like he won all these awards, like he's played on the German, like the junior German national team. And, but actually getting to play with him, is, well, I was 17 at the time when I first like met him and played with him. And I think he was 24, 25. So he just had a huge wealth experience under his belt. So just trying to like soak up information from him and learn from him was one of the biggest things I tried to do while playing with him. 
And with you being like a, a club guy and a Canada Games guy and like a Team BC guy, like maybe the jump wasn't that big or, or maybe I'm wrong and you were being, you know, modest in this article. But I read when you started as a first year TRU, like it even caught you off guard a little bit. Like obviously you show up and you want to work and compete for the spot. But uh, I'm guessing that wasn't promised or that wasn't an expectation when you were being recruited that you were going to get the starting job, right? No, it wasn't promised at all. I like I always knew I could I could do it with, you know, hard work and just showing up every day and bringing energy. But I think it was the like maybe the fifth or sixth game of my first year where I finally got my first start and then it kind of just took off from there and I just kind of got the starting spot for the rest of my time there. But no, I just looking back, like it was it was never promised again. So just having to work for that spot was yeah, what I had to do. If if you had to think back, what was the biggest change? Like I think obviously the size of the athletes and speed of the game, like that's almost cliche at this point when we look at it. But uh, honestly, was the speed that much difference from club to university? Just about like service even trying to dig some of these guys. Yeah, I think service was for sure the biggest. I mean, guys can put up some pretty nasty floats with that old Macasa, so that was a big challenge for me. And then also again seeing spin serves like closer to one ten rather than like. 90-95 in the club and TBC. So yeah, just making that adjustment with the spin serves and was probably the biggest jump for me. Now, was there any game where you kind of like started to nod along and be like, man, I, I feel like I belong here, whether it was putting up like a double-digit dig performance or just passing half the court? Like, how long did it take you to feel really comfortable? Like you said, it was maybe match five or six to get the starting spot. Like, did you feel like by the end of that first semester you had settled in? Yeah, I would say I remember our last weekend at that. Alberta, I think it was before the big break, and that's when I kind of started to feel really good in that spot. Like it didn't matter. I was 18 years old playing with a bunch of like 21, 22 year olds, and that's when I kind of felt I started to fit in and be comfortable with myself. Now, with your position, there comes some demands that uh, I would say fall under the leadership category. Like, were you comfortable as a first year to say, like, I'm taking this scene or to move a guy over? Or, like, if a middle didn't close, would you tell him, like, what happened in the back row? Or, like, when did those conversations start to happen? Because I think it's easier said than done as a first year to be bossed around, like, the, the P1 who's been starting for the last four years. Yeah, I think, like, uh, first year was, yeah, a little tough for me. Like, as most people know, I'm a pretty energetic libero. Like I like to celebrate and, and talk lots, but I do think I was a little reserved in my first year with, you know, calling guys out and, and talking the seams, but I was a little intimidated. We had some pretty big like middles and some left sides, so they intimidated me a couple times. And so I kind of, again, was a little reserved, but I think yeah, as my, after my first year, I kind of started to get comfortable with, you know, holding guys accountable and just really taking over my position. Now, with TRU and the, and the access you guys have and, like, the Canada game schedule, is there anything as a libero you were able to really pick out? Like, when they give you a shot chart, did you find that those things, like, held true in the game? Or because you guys were throwing a different system at them, is there just, like, this constant uh, cat-and-mouse game going on? Like, uh, how much of your prep could you depend on the video versus kind of reacting how the match was progressing? So you're talking... Uh... Like shot for sorry Canada games or TBC or TRU. Uh sorry, sorry, I misspoke there. Uh, TRU. So like, let's say you're going into a weekend, you're playing Alberta, you got them two games in a row. Like, I imagine you guys have a pretty detailed plan. But uh, once the game starts and maybe you're halfway through the first set, do people's shot charts really stick at your level, or do they start to adjust and you have to really start paying attention more to angle of approach, arm swing? What's the blocker taking? Like, how much can you prep for versus you just got to feel out sometimes? Yeah, I think. Like every again, everyone watches video and relies on that stuff. But if you can't make changes during the match, that's what you're going to get. 
I think just beat by teams, you have to be willing to, again, make a change on defense or, or passing or even just like making changes in the way you communicate with guys. So again, just trying to make changes because you can't just rely on, on what you've seen in video. And you make the tough choice and you transfer to Alberta. And I think that's right when COVID hit. So what was that challenging as an athlete who wanted to be in the gym and wanted to contribute right away that there was no competition? Like, uh, how did that feel? Because I think maybe as a libero position, you maybe were on the, the higher end of reps where like you weren't allowed to hit through the net or you weren't allowed blockers. So you could still go in and pass 100 balls and maybe dig a bunch. But just taking away the competition standpoint, like how did that feel where you're so excited to, to meet your new teammates, meet your new coaches, and then it just gets canceled? Yeah. So I didn't actually make the switch until September of 2020. So I did go through like the summer and like a little bit of, um, of a semester with TRU before making the switch. But no, it definitely was tough just going through like the whole summer. You can't do much as a libero besides really go to the gym and maybe, I don't know, play pep, like pass against the wall. But yeah, and especially in Vernon, there's not a lot of guys I can play with. So it was tough just not being able to get any reps in. And with Alberta, I feel like their restrictions were a little bit looser. Like when your your true first year at Alberta, were you guys allowed to do much, even though like the competition schedule hadn't been planned that well? Like, was there practices going on? Was there any game sitch? Or were you guys pretty restricted like we were here in Ontario? Yeah, it was. No, nah, they were pretty restricted. Um, I remember getting there in January of last year and like Brock was like, hey, do you, do you still want to come out? Because we're still locked down. But I was like, no, nah, I'm going to come out get used to Edmonton here, but I remember going all of January, no playing, just sitting in minus 30, just doing school from online, hanging out with my roommates and not nothing, not even a workout. And then February rolled around and I, we were allowed to just do like one-on-one sessions with, with a coach with a mask on and just that. And then like three weeks later, we were finally able to do like 10 people on a court, but we couldn't, we couldn't block or we couldn't have two guys at the net face each other. Like it had to be a space in between and we couldn't even like, we couldn't high five or we had to wipe down balls between every water break. And then eventually, no. And then that like even March and April, we, we still weren't even allowed to do more than 10 guys on a court and do any gameplay because we couldn't do the blocking. So that was definitely tough, but it was still nice. To, it was just great to just be out with the team and get a, feel for what Alberta volleyball is all about and just get back in the gym playing. And how did you personally settle into that situation? What I mean by was TRU, you're a starter, you're earning some equity as like a leader, and then you transfer, like, was there a sense at Alberta that you were treated more like a first year or did they kind of accept you because what you had accomplished with our national team and with Canada Games? Like, was there any, like, trying to win guys over or was it just, honestly, the more time you spent around these guys, the more they were going to accept you as kind of like a vet, even though you were newer to that team? Yeah, no, I definitely, I was a little nervous, like, making the switch just because I'm like, well, am I going to fit in with the team? Am I going to fit in with the coaching staff? But they just accepted me right away. And I didn't want them to just treat me like, a oh, because of my history or my past, like, you know, because I had played on the junior national team, like, I didn't want them to just be like, oh, this guy's coming, he's going to be good. Like, I wanted to, to earn my respect from them. And, yeah, but no, our, they welcomed me with open arms and just made with, like, such amazing memories even during that lockdown time from last january to to last april like we just made the most of it and had a had a great few months together going into this fall was it just so exciting to look at what the club was going to do and it was full speed ahead because i know 
Canada West had put you guys in pods, so you knew your regular season wasn't going to be like traveling all over the Canada West playing everybody, but it looked like in preseason you guys had as competitive as an experience and you're going to play some of the BC teams and just kind of mix it up. So was that pretty exciting every time coach would email you the schedule or say they were in this tournament or we're playing this? Like, was it just easy to get fired up to know that you were going to be in the gym playing against the best teams? Yeah, no, I remember getting that, like, kind of get the schedule for the year, just like a, a rough draft and like seeing our, our first like games weekend. My first time in a Bears uniform, we're going to be playing UBCO, UBC, and Trinity, like the two, like two of the best teams in the country. So that was super exciting to see that. But then also, you were still a little maybe worried about is COVID going to shut this down? Because that's when cases are rising again last September. It's like, oh no, like, do we get our hopes up? And then it's just going to be canceled again. So still, yeah, again, I was just like sitting on the fence most of the year, like what's going to happen with COVID. But I think you just have to make try to stay positive and make the most of those, those opportunities. And as you're in the gym with the U of A guys, like how did you feel like you fit in? Because uh, I shouldn't speak for him, but I don't get a sense that Brock's a big promising game plan guy. So maybe you weren't even promised a starting spot and you look around and you got Sam, who's another good libero there. And you got a whole bunch of outsides that if it feels like they really needed to, they could have transferred one of them to the lib position. So did you feel the need to like really fight and go for the spot? Or did you feel confident like you could be the starter on that first uh, match weekend? Uh, no, I definitely felt like I still needed to earn that spot. Um, you never want to just expect to be that, to be there. But I think the biggest thing was just coming in and being my authentic self, being that like fiery, loud, energetic libero, being a good teammate and just, yeah, like known for my, you know, hustle on defense. So I just wanted to come in and again, just be my authentic self and not, not hide anything. When you climb the ladder, either through age divisions or you go to different teams, have you ever felt like you did? have to hide it or that you weren't comfortable to be the raw raw guy because i've seen you play and i understand like the energy you bring but uh, i'm curious when you're either playing up or your first year it's the first time in the gym like are, are you confident to celebrate and make big plays and be the loud guy or, or celebrate somebody else's play or does it take a little bit of warming up to do that yeah that's like i'm i would say i'm a quite like shy shy guy off the court but once i step on to a volleyball court i'm just like this extroverted guy who's just doesn't care what people think of him and that's what i've always i've like loved in my game is just i just be me on the court but yeah i would say i'm a pretty introverted guy off the court unless well once i start to get to know people but no i just love being myself out there and I care less what people think of me and and with you of a how did you kind of get used to the structure of the team because we've had a few u of a guys mostly setters on the team and it sounds like each position kind of works on like their individual stuff and their systems. And then you go it together and like you fight it out and do gameplay. And when you guys are doing gameplay, there's, it's not a rare thing for a provincial team athlete to be like red shirt. That's how deep the team is that like every position stacked. Right. So was that something that was really exciting for you that like, there's a time to learn and then there's also a time to like butt heads and really compete with everybody else. Yeah, no, we, uh, we had some really like, we usually do starters versus the reserves, like in, in games, but like, they pushed us a lot. Like they beat us sometimes. Like actually, like I'd say it was maybe like 60, 40. Like they always pushed us and like knowing like the guys you're playing against have played at high levels, like provincial team and like youth national teams. They, they just, yeah, it was exciting to get to play, play that kind of level. And how did the, the first semester unfold for you? Like a, in a sense that maybe it was a bit of a letdown that you were only going to get to play the Alberta schools, but then you look around and be like, we have to play Calgary this time. We have to play MRU. We have to like your, your conference was pretty stacked. So playing teams that often, did it, it like, 
I imagine you can't recycle the game plan, right? Did it feel like it just kept getting harder and harder to prep for these teams because you played them four, five, six times? Yeah, I think so. Like we had to play, I think it's a record. We played Calgary eight times this year total. That was including playoffs. And so like game planning was, we, we always made slight changes to the game, our game plans, like from beginning to the end of the year, but we didn't make major changes, I guess. But uh, it was it was tough, I guess, playing teams because you're so you're only used to playing teams maybe two to three times a year. That's been playoffs, but six times was was pretty excessive. I'll be honest. So really looking for. Oh, I think this year is going to be a, a full schedule playing everybody. So looking forward to getting back on that. And we we had Cam Kern on the show, and I got his take on it. But uh, you guys faced a lot of challenges this year. So just to kind of uh, pick a spot in the in the schedule. Regular season, you lose to Calgary, and then you're going to end up playing them in the playoffs. Like, what was the mood going into that match? Because obviously, they probably felt very confident that they were going to be able to take you down. You guys had a battle, a few injuries, and now you're playing for like a big spot in the playoffs here. Like, do you remember that point of the season? Like, what were your feelings going into that match when, like, now our season's on the line and we're playing Calgary for, you're right, the, the seventh time, I think, at that point? <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh... It was tough getting swept by Calgary that weekend, and then we had Brayden Friesen go down, which was a big, big loss for us. Um, but yeah, going into that semi against Calgary, like we just played, we just played with a chip on our shoulder. Like it's not easy to get swept by a team and then play them later on the season, having like they probably had a lot of confidence going in against us, and we were a little like, oh, we did get swept by them the last time we played them. But uh, I was just really proud of how we we played that game because we played with a chip on our shoulder. And, and then going into the Canada West final, like obviously it's revisionist history, but to me that that could have been a spotlight that you knew that was going to be the national final, or you're going to have to play these guys in nationals. Obviously, we don't know the rankings and the way the draw is going to work, but for you to play them in the Canada West final, it wouldn't have been too far fetched to say we're going to see these guys down the road again, right? So, is that something that goes into the game plan or a, a part of the prep is that you want to try stuff against them now because you know you're going to have to like figure it out again later in the year? But yeah, we knew going into that semi, we just had to, there wasn't much changes we were going to make from those seven previous times. It was just, who's going to show up and, and be the better team today? And again, we just make if something, if they're doing something different, we make, we make changes as the game goes on. We're not going to do a completely different game plan. And for the Trinity final in the Canada West, like, is it easy to maybe get distracted about like, oh, they have App and they have Elser and they have Hofer. Like when you're game planning for those guys, how does it not turn into like a highlight reel or talking about how good these guys are versus like how we're going to beat them? Yeah, no, it's it's tough seeing their watching video on them because, you know, they're bouncing balls and making huge blocks. Um, but heading into a game after seeing that, you can't get overwhelmed by that stuff. You just have to just show up and, and play your game and they do that, they're gonna do they're gonna do cool things. But yeah, no, it definitely is a little intimidating seeing seeing those stuff, like watching watching the video on volumetrics and and trying to not be like distracted by those things so yeah and if you had to think back how did you personally respond to freezing going down because you lose one of your best outsides and then you have a bit of a position battle and all of a sudden cam Kern, who is probably on day one listed as a setter who's now going to play outside like how did you take that as a leadership opportunity to like make him feel comfortable take a bigger lane like make sure that he's confident when he's getting reps with the the other receivers in practice like how did you respond to be like, oh man, like my buddy's hurt to then responding to be like, we still have a, a big game coming up and we need to be ready. Yeah, no, that was definitely a big loss. Like Braden was such a big part of that team with, he's just so good at, you know, holding guys accountable and brings so much like competitive 
energy to practice. So when I saw him go down, I was like, oh, oh no, like, this is not good. But uh, no, I think Cam, Cam Curran was playing middle for us that weekend. And then I remember at the end of the game, Cam Curran, or Cam comes up to me, he's like, he's like, watch, I'm going to be playing left side this next weekend. I was like, kidding like you're, i was like laughing because i was like no this isn't happening and then sure <laughs> enough come monday morning he's in reps with us passing and i was like oh okay this this is real you're actually going to be playing left side maybe and he was just just to see his growth from the time Brady got injured to to the nationals like it was just so impressive i was just super proud of him like seeing him put in he was in everyday passing like we go in to pass 30 minutes early. He's in 30 minutes early passing, just trying to get better. Or he's getting at the end of practice, 30 minutes, he's hitting left side balls. Like that guy did everything he needed to to be ready for that position. So probably one of like the coolest, most impressive things I've seen as a as a teammate and player. And did you feel any personal pressure on the receiving end? Because now you have Cam, who's working his tail off and trying to get it, but he's way behind in reps. And then you have Isaac, who's a first year, right? Like, and still trying to figure it out himself and takes a big offensive load, right? So was there anything you felt you needed to do or maybe Brock pulled you aside and just kind of encouraged you to do more or be a leader? Like, when you're in that situation, obviously you're not going to get targeted on serve, but how can you still influence what the other team's going to do? Yeah, I think that just shows, like, my maturity in my passing, I think maybe if I was a first or second year, I would have maybe freaked out. But I think we just trusted each other in those reps we had together. Like I was, we were always talking, even in, you know, whether it be scrimmage or like reps before, we're always just talking to each other. And like, I was like, what can I do to help you, Cam? Like I would, I would watch him a little bit, maybe give him some tips, but I didn't want to overwhelm, overwhelm him. And then, with Isaac, yeah, he's a first year, but again, I just trusted trusted him. Like I wasn't really worried about him too much. And yeah, we were just yeah, just the trust was the biggest thing for us. And uh, I understand there was a bit of a, a challenge with the travel that you guys couldn't fly directly to Winnipeg. So uh, did that add an extra distraction where I think you guys bust to Sask and then flew from there? Yeah, it definitely was I thought Brock was joking when he told us like everyone was like kind of in disbelief what what our travel journey was going to be but uh, that's what happened so we had to bust to Sask and then fly from Saskatoon to Winnipeg and then yeah we had the the 16 hour bus ride home from from Winnipeg to Edmonton but it's a little more enjoyable knowing that we that we won so yeah it was just a good memorable bus trip and something we'll remember for a long time. So the the draw comes out for nationals and you know you're going to play and it's going to be an Ontario team and usually Alberta does a great job in preseason and they'll try to play a bunch of teams but obviously with COVID that wasn't going to be an option so how much video are you guys consuming are you just focusing on the playoffs and most recent like how do you plan for a team like Queens when literally like you guys haven't seen them and if you have it's been a couple seasons ago. Yeah it was a weird it was really weird just because again we only time we've seen Queens this year would have been video. And so what we usually do is Brock will make us go watch like 30 to 45 minutes of video on ourselves. So what I do, I, I watch all the attackers and I, I watch all the servers but, and then the middles will do their own thing. So we do that and we, we write sheets and then we hand them into Brock. And then, so that's like Monday or Tuesday. And then at nationals was the first time we had seen like team video of, of Queens. We kind of, you know, we did about one to two hours of 
just game prepping for them. Now, were you able to stick to your Canada West routine or because like now you might have to play during the day, like did you guys almost have to get used and rehearse and kind of have an itinerary of like what time are we waking up? What time are we meeting? Like what time are we going to the gym? Because the, the schedule gets a little bit scattered around nationals, right? Yeah, it was difficult, honestly. I was like a little nervous just because we hadn't played a day game since preseason back in October. So again, making the adjustment, like I'm a big nap guy and like, I made sure I eat at a certain time and drink enough water throughout the day. So just make, and then, yeah, we, we only got, I think, 15 minutes of serving pass that day on court. So again, our whole routine was kind of uh, just like distracted. And But once we got to the game, I think everything kind of just settled. But yeah, it was a little nerve wracking, to be honest, at the, at the beginning, knowing that your routine is going to be, going to be, uh, kind of changed a bit so yeah and then the the draw keeps continuing and you're going to play calgary in the semi and how does that one feel like do you know kind of it's going to be a short meeting or do you kind of get influenced by what they did in their quarterfinal or like are you just going to go this is what they've done against us all year like uh, i'm just fascinated that you played so many meaningful matches against the same team like do, do the meetings get harder or do they get shorter just because you know what to expect yeah no we knew calgary was going to be fired up because that was a big big win over mac for them and but I don't know. I kind of, I put my money on Calgary to win that game. So I was like kind of preparing like, okay, hey, we're going to be getting these guys. But no, playing them for that eighth time is just who's going to show up and, and be the better team today. And again, it was the last time we would have, we would have been meeting that this year. So we wanted to go out on a, on a win versus them, just knowing that there are Alberta rivals. But no, Calgary, they were really impressive to watch this year. Like Hamish Hazelden and Tom Sora were, were lights out for them a lot of respect for that team so. and then if you had to think back what did you guys do after the semi because it can be because sometimes a, a weird feeling to be the first semi-final like dude did you want to stick around the gym did you want to watch sherbrooke and trinity live did you want to say you know what i'm going to watch the video i want to go home and shower and eat and start my recovery like what did you want to do in the gym in that moment knowing that uh you guys were kind of cooling down as the next match was even just starting their warm-up yeah i think like right away we usually stretch after games we went up top and did some stretching but then uh brock wanted us to watch the, the first set of that game so we, like, we took off our you know our shoes and stuff and watch that first set unfold just to get a sense of you know maybe we could be playing sherbrooke so good to see the five but i think it was yeah like sherbrooke was up 2014 that first set and then jesse elster just went back to line and ripped like so many aces and basically won that set for them and they went on to win the match 3-0 but yeah we just watched the first set and then headed out and then I think I went for dinner with my family and just get back to the hotel and reset for championship Sunday. So just to confirm for our listeners who probably think Brock is a little bit on the high spectrum of volleyball crazy and wanted to like meeting and probably do video, you guys had free time and you literally went for dinner with your parents? Yeah, no, I was actually surprised we went for dinner with our parents. <laughs> I specifically like now thinking back, like I actually can't believe you let us go out for dinner with our parents. And we weren't watching video on Trinity that night, but yeah, no, we didn't. <laughs> maybe he was just feeling so confident, or maybe he just knew that you guys needed to recharge. That's such a cool thing, because I think sometimes in those moments, coaches get so tempted, like, we need to do more, we need to do more prep, like, this is a national final, versus, like, all right, guys, you're on your own for dinner, like, if anyone needs, if your family's not in town and we need to organize, like, a team meeting, that's fine, but if your family's here, we'll, we'll see you in the morning, like. Yeah, no, I think he just knew, like, maybe that would have been refreshing for us, like, seeing, there was a, there was, like, a, maybe six or seven guys' parents there, so it was just refreshing to 
go spend some time, take some time off volleyball for like a couple hours and go recharge. Now, did any part of you think you could be playing Sherbrooke? Because uh, I have a lot of respect for those guys, and a ton of them played beach with us. And they came out playing as well as I think they've ever played. And I think the outcome was fully in doubt, and you're right. And then Elser just kind of stole it at the end there, and Trinity woke up a little bit. But it, it looked like Sherbrooke came out of the gates flying, and, and it could have been an upset the way the, the first half of that first set went down. Yeah, I honestly thought maybe Sherbrooke could push Trinity because just of like how how fired up like a Quebec teams are usually pretty fiery and play with a lot of energy. So I was like, Hey, well, this could be a team that takes down Trinity. But, uh, yeah, that kind of, after that first set, I don't think they, they really recovered from that run that they had Trinity went on, but no, I was really impressed at seeing Sherbrooke come out and do that. Now the way Trinity kind of stormed back, I think it showed what their system does and how many special players they have, whether it was Jackson and a few blocks and Jesse serving and, and Brody doing his thing. Like did any part of you kind of get fired up in a sense that like, Oh, like this, this is what they can do. Or again, because you've been across the net from those guys, you know, most of them, like there wasn't going to be an intimidation factor because I think if anyone watched from 2014 to the end of the first set, you're like, there's no way to beat these guys. Like they're just unstoppable. Right. But because you had battled with them before, was that a little bit more calming going into the final? Yeah, so we got we were lucky. We got to play Trinity three or four times before that final. So and we we did blow leads. Like I remember at we played them at Christmas and we were up, you know, six or seven points, and there they are storming back with us at twenty twenty. So we knew they could do that. But in the final, it was again you can expect those things. I think it's good to expect that those can happen rather than just like not at all and then it happens and you start freaking out where it's like okay they do this but you can you can do it and as the tournament progressed like how did you get ready for the national final because i believe uh the schedule got shifted a little bit like the constellation games were almost like at 11 or noonish, and you guys are going to play like a, a late afternoon early evening final like did that mess with your routine at all or was that more settling because you guys had played evening matches with canada west yeah it was still still a bit different because again we're playing on a sunday which you never play on a Sunday with U Sports Volleyball, but they do that with the final. And then we're playing a bit of an earlier game. There's also the bronze medal before us. Um, and we did, like, sometimes we'll get the hour, bef- the 45 minutes before to do some serve and pass, but we didn't even get that. So, again, just making, we had to make some adjustments throughout the day. Now, not to fast forward over too much cool stuff that happened, but you guys win the first set, but then you lose 12. Like, is there any panic in that timeout, or excuse me, the the side change between the second and third set? Where like, what's the messaging? Are you talking? Who's talking in the huddle? Like, is is it Jordan or Brock or like, what is the messaging so you guys could reload? Because you guys came out flying and played really well and take down the first set, but then a, a twelve is something that like uh, it, it's it's pretty impressive that Trinity was able to hold you guys to that low of a score, right? And especially in a national final. So, what, was there anybody freaking out on your bench? No, that was the thing. I think in like first semester had that happened, we would have completely shut down and freaked out. But during that time, like again, we know Trinity can do those things, but it's all a matter of just can you reset against these guys and having that having our six guys out there, we just again trust each other. Like even Cam Kern or Isaac, we're all just calming each other down, like, okay, we can we can give them this set, but how are we gonna come out third set? I, I was just looking forward to that. Now, 
with Trinity and what they have in their home gym, like, is there anything to the theory or, or the pessimist saying that, like, oh, Trinity at home is just a different team? Because uh, when they play in Langley, like, their fans are amazing. They're going to be loud. Like, they play with so much confidence. Like, because it's at a neutral site, does any of that factor into your mindset? Or are you really just playing the guys against, uh, excuse me, playing against the guys across the net? Yeah, honestly, like, Trinity is my favorite gym to play at just because they have such a good volleyball community. And they do have, like, I would say one of the best fan bases in Canada. So getting to play there is super special. And just because, you know, like, people are into this game and they always step up their game. So, you know, you're going to have to be your best. But even in Winnipeg, yeah, we knew they were going to have their, their full crowd. But they still, they try to have a, a pretty loud crowd. But, you know, it was... Yeah, it was okay. Like, yeah. So, as as a match like that's progressing, or maybe over the course of the year, like, how much is the Lib and Setter talking? Like, is Max being demanding about you about like the service even the options you're getting? Like, because he needs to keep Billy involved. Like, is there any stuff going on between positions? Or honestly, you're in charge of the receivers and Max is running the offense. Like, how much chats are happening between points or during timeouts between you and some of the other guys on the floor? Yeah, between Max and I, honestly, we're just like. We don't, he doesn't demand too much from me because I think we just have that, we build trust over the, or over the year just with me passing to him and him saving some of my nice, like some overpasses or yeah, some tight balls. And we don't, we don't talk too much. The only guys I really talk with is the left side or yeah, the, the passers just because that, that's my thing. So I try to stay out of, I don't try to get involved with too much in, in the huddles. Now, with you being a self-proclaimed, like, fiery, energetic guy, like, after you take down the third set, like, are you trying to then calm down? Or are you trying to, like, ride the wave saying, like, we just beat them 26-24 after they slapped us around a little bit. We're up 2-1. Like, we're going in. Like, let's win a national championship here. Or what was your mindset going into that fourth set? I think I wanted to be really fiery. But then just something, I remember, like, I could watch it in the video. I grabbed the guys and I said, get in here. Like, we need to talk. And I think we... We talked twice because it was like, okay, don't get, we don't have this match yet. We need to calm down. And I remember even like Terry, Terry Danilak coming over and just like, okay, guys, calm down. We can get this. But no, it wasn't. We didn't want to think ahead. We just, I remember just saying, okay, one more set of volleyball. Let's, let's just go out and play our volleyball. And how do you find the balance where like your your best is when you're loud and you're being competitive where there are opportunities to calm? Like, are you aware of that on your own or does it take a guy like Terry or Brock to kind of be like, Yo, then, and like we gotta pump the brakes here a little bit. No, I don't think like Brock is always demanding more energy from me. He's never, he's never been one to say, "Hey, you need to calm down." And I think sometimes, like there will be times when we get a big point, and I'm running around the court, and maybe I should be in the huddle discussing things. But that's just who I am, and yeah, I don't think Brock would ever tell me to try to calm down because maybe I maybe get a little hurt by that. So. And you, and you touched on it earlier. So you guys take down the national championship, huge celebration, but you're dreading this bus trip home. But does it make it that much easier that you won, that you guys could hang out? Like, how are you guys killing the time that uh, a bus ride from Winnipeg to Edmonton can't be that enjoyable? But are, are guys watching movies? Are guys doing homework? Or are you honestly just telling stories about like, oh, remember when that play happened and this play? Like, how much of it is just like riding the wave of emotion from a national champion versus like, guys, I want to nap or I want to shut it down here because we're in such a brutal, brutal bus trip right now. Yeah, no, it's definitely. I have never, I've never done that bus trip before, and it was, it was tough just because it's so flat and there's not many things to see. But I mean, the first couple hours we were all just sleeping because they're pretty exhausting, and then 
guys started waking up and you could definitely sense like the excitement in the bus and it, it didn't matter. We had like 12 more hours to go. We were, we watched, uh, watched some movies yeah, and then like the last two hours we turned on the game and we watched, like as we were arriving at Savile was when the championship point came up and it was just all, all real and everyone was super excited to, to finally be home. But yeah, it was definitely a memorable bus trip, memorable bus trip, something we'll remember for the rest of our lives sweet and for a guy of your caliber you have to switch gears pretty quickly like obviously you you got to take care of school you got to write your exams but national team's starting up uh benjo's at the wheel and everybody's super excited we got a, a pretty gnarly tryout here it's like a who's who of who's attending this and one of the cool things i thought ben did right off the bat is it's not like a one week tryout try to figure it out like you guys are in one and i think you're going to be there until the middle of may here so what's your mood and just impression about like seeing who else is going to be at this camp and, and going through just the paces of how many athletes are there and how many good athletes are there? Yeah. So we'll be here. Uh, everyone's guaranteed three weeks here. And then after that, it kind of depends on how you're playing, but no, I've been looking forward to this moment from the last time I got cut from, from the junior team. So just being back here is just really exciting. And then also getting to be with the best players in the country. Cause at, with the junior team, you know, it's an age restriction. We're here, it's with, you know, 40 to 45 best players in Canada that are here, best players. So, no, just really exciting. Like, today we had our we had testing today. Just seeing what some of the guys, like, we're putting up is just, like, mind-boggling. It's, it's insane. So. And looking back, how did you recover from that? Because I think uh, for a lesser athlete, they would have just got the poor me's where you made the squad to go to Pan Am Cup. You earn Canada the bid for Worlds, and you're the best defender there. You earn the best digger award. And then the roster comes out for World Championships, and you're not on that team. Like, is that just a sign to you how competitive and how elite Canada is becoming? Or, like, did any part of you be like, what? I, I don't understand how they could make this decision. I just won the award. Like, uh, how did you not kind of fold up there versus, like, bounce back and be ready to go and try out for next gen this year? No, no, you, you definitely, you can, you know, go blame people, but. You know, I've realized like I, I wasn't at my like. You need to be at your best if you're going to be playing at this next level. You can't just be hoping for other guys to play bad or you know hoping for some luck here. Like you have to be playing your best volleyball. But uh, no, it definitely was. So yeah, three three years since I've been back, and you know, just thinking about it, it's been it's been tough for sure. Like, am I going to get another shot? But just being here again and knowing like yeah, I, I can you know make represent Canada again it's just really exciting and hopefully hopefully I can do it so now when you were released was there feedback either from Glenn or Dan Lewis or whoever the excuse me I don't have my timeline in front of me who the U21 coaches were at that time like when you got cut from the junior national team did they pull you aside and say Landon like you were right there if you can go back to your university team work on this this and this like we really want to see you in the future yeah so the biggest thing was was passing and I, I really took that to heart this year all I at U of A I just Passing was the my focus this year, and I was really proud of the way I went about it. And looking back, yeah, I'm just glad I took it to heart, and, and that was what I was working on for most of the year. I, I maybe did give up some other parts of my game, like defense and high ball setting, but if you're going to play at this next level, it's going to come down to passing, because you know most liberals can you know be good at defense and, and take control of the backcourt, but it's who can you know take control of the, the received game and. Now, with this year being a little bit different where, it, don't get me wrong, it's still a big tryout, but like everybody there is legit where it's not an open tryout. So 
what was your mood when you know Benjo requests a Zoom call or you get a, an email? Like, what was it, your expression where you're like, yes, like I, I made the first cut here where I, I got the invite? Yeah, I was uh, I was actually on the bus to to win uh, to Saskatoon, like on the way to Nationals when when Ben emailed. So I remember just like lighting up the smile, but then I was like, oh no, I got to focus for Nationals here. But once Nationals ended, like it was like, okay, gotta gotta focus and look forward to this. But no, it's definitely an honor to get an email from, from Benjo and even have a have the chance to meet with him just because the guy's a legend and we have so much respect for him. And yeah, pretty cool. Now, do you have any tricks up your sleeve here where you're not a student right now? You don't have exams, you don't have homework. Like, how are you filling the time right now so you just don't go crazy? Like, are you just going to watch volumetrics on all the other guys trying out so you can like dig down the line on this guy or jump into the seam on this guy? Or like, uh, how are you trying to like fill the time where, yeah, you guys are in a tryout and you're going to battle, but like, it's okay to be social. It's okay to meet guys that maybe you didn't like playing against, but maybe you can go for dinner with now. Like it, it seems like everybody's going to be high focus and, and really dialed in, but there's a lot of hours to fill and it's hard to keep that level of focus the whole day. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm still waiting. So I'm going to roommate, uh, Rooming with Jordan Cannon here, so I'm still waiting for him. He's coming up tomorrow night, so looking forward to that. But no, like even last night, went out for dinner with some of the guys just because we know like how gruesome this these next couple of weeks are. Like we think that we could be playing, you know, six to eight hours a day here. So just making the most of our downtime and really just focusing. And I think a big thing for me too is just journaling, writing down my thoughts, and just so how like I can prepare for the next day or the next week. If you don't mind sharing with me and the listeners, do you have a template you follow or are you just kind of like writing paragraphs of your thoughts? Like, are you a, a start, stop, continue guy or do you write down like main pillars? Like, what's your process when you're journaling? Yeah, so I, I'd like to say I have two kinds of journaling. So the first one is for practices. So I'll do, so I'll write down like right before practice, like two to three things that I want to work on. And then after I'll kind of reflect on it by did those things but then i have another journal where it's like mostly writing down my thoughts or you know what can i kind of just kind of what can i look forward to or just even just something like what i'm grateful for so awesome awesome and with you being not new to the gatineau scene are you going to eat all your dinners at the famous buffet or have you found like another spot you can go to because i thought that place was amazing but around day four or five i was like i can't do this anymore yeah no so junior and team we ate there every day lunch and dinner and uh, now we're we're on our own here, cooking for ourselves. So it's uh, I think a little bit better. But the nice thing what with out of that buffet though was like after a long like you know long day of practice, you just show up and eat. Where it's like okay, maybe you just had a really bad day and you just played eight hours of volleyball, and now you got to go cook for yourself. <laughs> so, but no, I think not eating the same foods would be would be refreshing and nice. <laughs> Well, awesome, man. It's so great to hear about your process and just uh, to learn more about the national championship because I think Alberta was definitely in the conversation, but man, that Trinity team, I think was it's fair to say they're the favorite. So it's cool to hear about how you guys took them down. Uh, just one more question about nationals, though. I, I want to make sure I understand this properly. What was the thumbs down thing? It's in all the photos. It's in all the video. I think people might think it's a negative connotation where I'm a New York Yankees fan and they were doing it in the playoffs last year. And it was kind of just a, a funny, subtle thing that they were just getting so used to getting booed that they kind of made it into their own team motto thing. So for you guys, what was the the intent behind the thumbs down sellies? Uh, so do you know Bad News Bears? Yeah. The movie. So I think it's something from that. Um, but it didn't even, like, we didn't even use it until after second semester. I remember, like, I think it was two guys on our team who kind of just started doing it and then it just kind of 
became a part of our of what we did but no it was like it doesn't mean anything bad at all it's just kind of we use it for bad affairs so uh, I would be surprised if teams start using that against us next year. But I was, I was like, when I saw the championship photo, I was like, why did they use this? Like we had a one with our, like, you know, our one finger out, but no, they decided to use the thumbs down. And I'm pretty sure I got like 15 to 20 messages. Like, why do you guys have the thumbs down? But no, it was, and I have to explain to them like, what it means. And yeah. So <laughs> Well, hopefully it's not too late. We can get this posted and people can stop messaging you so this one can reach the masses, hopefully. But uh, one thing we've built uh, a tradition into the show is just to end on a funny or unique story. So I think you've told some amazing stories so, so far, but I was hoping you could share something that was unique that you wouldn't have got uh, to be a part of without volleyball, just to give us a laugh before we let you go. I mean, it wasn't funny at the time, but now looking back, I guess it is. So it would have been last April working out with, uh, with Jordan and I decided to do some TRX rows like from from the ground and there was a one of the bars was still there but i didn't see it and the trx was like underneath it so when i went to go down i like pulled the bar off and it landed like directly on my face and i was just like lying there like checking to make sure all my teeth were there and luckily it was just like half my tooth like a quarter of my tooth was gone but it hit me like direct in the face and like my lips bleeding i was just like how did i not just lose all my teeth or like break a cheekbone or something because yeah this 45 bar or pound bar was like six like four or five feet up in the air and hit me like from that from that distance so uh now when i work out i'm like super cautious and checking to make sure making sure there's no bar there and i was also very fortunate that cam's dad is a is a dentist so i was able to get in and get that fixed right away because i'm not from edmonton so would have had to wait to get that fixed, but no, it was uh, funny, funny now, but not at the time when I thought I maybe lost all my teeth. Yeah, definitely. As bad as it was, you're right. That could have been ten times worse. It, just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, sweet man, thanks for coming on, sharing all that you did. Uh, best of luck, everything you got going on in Gatineau. Really rooting for you, and thanks again for sharing all that you did today. Yeah, no, thank you very much. It was a uh, an honor and super fun to be on here. So. <laughs>